podcast that introduces you to registered, clinical, and certified aromatherapists around the world. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm a holistic life coach and a registered aromatherapist. Join me every other week as we chat with aromatherapists and hear about their aromatic journeys and how they use essential oils in their lives and in their businesses. Hey friends, welcome to podcast episode number 29, Aromatic Chat with Natalie Miller of Aromatic Insights. I'm so excited to get to talk to Natalie because we are in the same time zone. She is down in Australia and she does consultations, education, writing, and more. I cannot wait to get to know her better. So let's get started. Hi, Natalie. Hello, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. It's so wonderful to speak to someone in the same time zone. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. It's, um, we're so all over the world. Yeah, we, we forget. We've gotten around over here in old Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you're also like in a community of aromatherapists that have been around for a long time. Absolutely. Therapy's still kind of, you know, getting its feet wet over in the States. Yeah, we are lucky. We've got some amazing uh, therapists here that are known worldwide, so get to learn from some of the best. Well, not only that, I mean, like, um, the actual essential oils come from your part of the world. We're back in the United States. They're still just learning, you know, because we've got all the pesticides and all that junk that other parts of the world have already figured that out. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. We've got some amazing oils, some amazing distillers. We're just awesome. What can I say? Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing, so you took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm nobody, so, you know, go figure. (laughs) Oh, please. Girl, I looked at your website. You are not nobody. I know. It's funny how we um, position ourselves. Thinking about it the other day, I was talking to another aroma friend, And I was like going, why is it that we elevate the voices of men so much in this industry? Like they're the beacons, yet it's a female-dominated industry, but you ask who the experts are. Tagline, Tessera, Yep, yep, yep. Which are all amazing, I get that. But what about the female voices, you know? So, yeah, I just thought thought that was really interesting. about that a lot too so we're we're on the same wavelength here yeah I like that yeah yeah I I think about that a lot but you know with my podcast it's female dominated I've only interviewed a couple of guys yeah and there are we've got some amazing women it's just yeah we keep to defaulting to the men for their opinion for some bizarre reason and then the some women who do get to the top we seem to women yeah the bitchiness comes out and and Mm -hmm. I'm like going Anything. Where in Australia are you? Not like I'm real familiar with the geography that's like, besides history, geography is like my worst subject. I'm in Melbourne. So, you know, big map, and then there's the bit that's hanging off the edge. Take the bit that's hanging off because that's Tasmania. But just above where Tasmania is, is Melbourne. I'm about 30 k's out from the city. So I'm in the Burbs. Oh, nice. About two, three kilometers. Wait, which, I don't know, out that way, there's winery. (laughs) Somewhere over there, I get to go drink wine. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, that's all I need to remember, except I just don't know where they are. (laughs) 
Natalie, I am so glad to get to speak with you. I was so thrilled to um, schedule somebody in the same time zone. Gotta love same time zone. Makes the world so much easier and better. Guam has its own time zone. It's called Chamorro Standard Time. No one knows what that is. Like whenever I look on a world clock, it's Brisbane. Gonna have to pick you up. It's Brisbane, not Brisbane. Brisbane. You know Australians speak differently than anybody else. (laughs) I do have Aussie friends. Aussie. I say everything wrong. I'm going to pick you up. Going to teach you proper Australian. (laughs) When I come to visit, you can definitely school me because I know you're a teacher by trade, so you can totally school me. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, what I would love to do is just kind of give you the floor and I would love for you to just tell us about your aromatic journey. I know you've been doing this for a long time. Nearly a decade now. Yeah. So, but you started, you, you were exposed to it quite a while ago. I, I tried to work out when I was first introduced to oils. And I, to be honest, I can't remember. I've always seemed to know about, obviously, Australian oils such as eucalyptus, tea tree and lavender. Just We just know them. I don't know how. We just do. But I remember going into a shop many, many, many years ago. In the centre of the shop, they had this big round table and these big bottles of beautiful, they were clear bottles, but these bottles of oils. And I remember picking up one and smelling it. I just fell in love. Didn't really know what it was, but I used to purchase it. It had a little dabber and we put it on and it was actually rose. Mm. Um, And I just loved it. But I never really thought anything more about it. So my aromatic journey really started around 10 years ago. I'd fallen into a pit of depression for various reasons. I came across these two books and one of them was called You Sexy Mother and it was about uh, kind of reclaiming yourself as a woman whilst you're being a mum because I had two young boys at the time. And the other book was Like Chocolate for Women, and that was written by the beautiful Kim Morrison, who's a um, New Zealand aromatherapist who lives now lives in Australia. Those two books, for some reason, inspired me to write, for want of a better word, a bucket list, but I called it my living life list. So I sat there and go, what are the things that I've always wanted to do but haven't done. So on my list, I wrote things like, you know, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to bungee jump. I wanted to meet my favourite band. And I want to learn aromatherapy. I didn't really know what learn aromatherapy meant at that point. But as you do, when you've got this thing written on the list, you enrol yourself in a two-year diploma course. Like nothing like throwing yourself right at the deep end. That's really where the the journey started. And I just couldn't get enough. I was like always wanting to learn more. I remember in the first couple of weeks, I think it was the second class, we started talking chemistry and the, the teacher was saying something about the chemistry of it oils. And I'm like going, but why? She'd start to explain and then I'm like, yeah, but why? And she goes, well, Nat, it just is. Now, that's not an answer for me. I'm like, but I need to know more. I want to know the real gritty, intricate information, mm-hmm. not just, you know, this smells good, but why? Why does it do that? Why does it have those therapies? So as you can see behind me, lots of, um, of books have ensued as well, doing the two-year diploma course. Anytime any aromatherapist has a course, I jump in. I'm like, I want to learn more because I find it completely and utterly fascinating 
how these aromatic substances can not only change, assist us on a physical level, I'm more into the, you know, how they can help us on that more subtle level, the the emotional needs that we can address and the mental support that they can give us. It's utterly fascinating to me. So that's the short version of what I do, <laughs> why, where I came from. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And I do, I love all your books in the background. Just one or two. That's, that's a good, that's a good amount of books. Yeah. yeah I, I I had to buy myself a new bookcase because I'd obviously outgrown the smaller ones <laughs> and they were just piling up on the floor. So I had to indulge and uh, buy a bigger bookcase. I think um, that's a good indulgence. You know, some people got to do what a girl's got to do. Yeah, right. Some people go out and, you know, binge on chocolate. You you buy a bookcase. I love it. But I did see on your website that you do more than just consultations. You actually like ghostwrite for other people. Is that right? Yeah. So I used to work in aged care doing aromatherapy massage, which was just divine work, particularly with dementia residents. And it was amazing seeing the change in people. It was it was beautiful work. But I found the work for me just was too much on my body because I've got an autoimmune disease. And so it just physically was too much for me to do. So I was like, oh, where do I fit in? And I started to look around at what other people were doing. And I noticed that there were some amazing practitioners, but they didn't have time to get their message out. So I started to uh, write. A friend of a friend said, oh, you can write, can't you? And I'm like, yeah, Um, I've written a billion assignments over the years. And so she's like, oh, I've got this, some work. Do you want to, do you want to jump in? And I'm like, sure, why not? And I found that I get to talk about oils and share the the message in a safe, about safety and efficacy of them. And I don't need to be up front being the the superstar. I, I like to be behind the scenes hiding away. So yeah, I found that writing and particularly ghostwriting is a great way to to support other practitioners who can't get their message out as well as they would like. And that also led me to doing social media as well. Again, I found so many great practitioners out there, but nobody knew about them. And I'm like, well, why aren't they on social media? So I started to use my skills in social media and my education background as a teacher to start to teach people how to use social media to gather momentum for their business. So either I teach them or I manage their platforms for them. So I've kind of, yeah, I'm not practicing as such anymore. I kind of moved to the side and supporting other practitioners to help them shine. Most are still on Facebook as much as people hate Facebook. It is still uh, a platform that people go to and ask questions mm-hmm. and you need to be visible there. And Instagram, obviously, is another huge one. And they're still t- the two main ones. I've tried Pinterest, but that's just overrun by some really poor recipes. And I'm not a fan of recipes. Uh, it just doesn't sit with me to have this oil and this oil and that's going to fix this problem. That That's not the way I was taught. So, yeah, that recipe approach. So Pinterest doesn't appeal to me. But if that's where the practitioner wants to be and that's their jam, I can totally do it for them. And TikTok, if that's what they want to get into. But, again, it just comes down to 
who are they trying to meet the needs of? And generally it's people through Instagram and uh, Facebook. Right. So that's a beautiful lead into the next question. Like, who is it that seeks you out? What is the problem that they're trying to solve when they come to you? Is it mostly other aromatherapists seeking out what you can do for them? Or are you working directly with clients? So I still do work with some clients. People who know me will say, oh, I've got this issue and I'll, and I'll get them in and I'll do the consultation and all the rest of it and go, okay, this is what we can do. But I've kind of moved more into the serving of other practitioners. So it's not just aromatherapists. It could be a massage therapist. I've got one, two, two massage therapists that I work with or kinesiologists who use oils as well and they want to, they've started to see that, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about essential oils. So I'm like, I'm your girl. I can write it for you. You focus on what your core business is, which is your massage therapy or your kinesiology practice and I can do the background work of writing your blogs for you about essential oils and how they can support the therapy that you do and it's interesting because you know you you write about the same topics essentially but I use their voice so I'll go through like obviously I have a, a discussion with them and start to listen to how they speak And then I see what they've already put out there in terms of social media, newsletters, their their website, all that kind of stuff. I use their language to write the blog. So even though the the blog may be, you know, let's say ingestion because, you know, that's a nice easy one to write about, the tone that I use would be different for each person that I write for because each person is different. Yeah, that's, that's the key though is to find the voice of, the person that you're writing for and that's the fun part it's like I feel like I'm a bit schizophrenic or something at times because <laughs> I'm using other people's language but it's good fun yeah I, I know I there's a lot of ghost writers out there but you're the first one that I've really spoken to who does it for the aromatherapy community I just think that's that's a really that's really neat and needed because there I mean I might be a great practitioner but maybe I'm not good at writing or posting on social or whatever. That's exactly amazing. And that's what I found is, you know, there's so many amazing practitioners, you know, particularly ones that have been around for a, a number of years, you know, 15, 20 years, and they're happy doing their own little thing, but they want a little bit more information out there and they see social media and then they just throw their hands up in the air and go, oh, it's all too hard. And I'm like, it's not. It's really easy. And I can take it on board so that they don't have to stress and worry about it. I love that. Well, because, you know, if you take a business course, right, they teach you sit down and make a list of the things that you absolutely have to do as the business owner, as the practitioner, and a list of all the things that you could have someone else do. You're in the have someone else do category. I love that. And but that's the thing. Yeah, there's something we, we should always play to our strengths. The practitioner, focus on your clients and keeping your knowledge up to date. You want your message out there, that marketing bit. I don't have a marketing background, but I've got an education background so I can use my skills to see what is happening and then write to meet the needs of what you're trying to achieve. So yeah, I love yeah. that. And I get to be creative. Like I, I do have that creative slant to me. I like to be 
bit fun and weird. <laughs> I call myself weird, but you know. But it's I get to, I get to be creative. It's not the same thing every day. So it's not like a nine to five job where I sit there and just type out blogs for other people. I sit there and go, right, what is it they need? What are they trying to say? You know, if their clients are just uh, say it's a chiropractor and they just want to focus on back work, well, what oils are going to support healing aches and pains? So that's what I would focus on in those blogs. Yeah, it's it's fun. I love what you're doing. Was there anything that stood in the way of you getting to this vision for your for yourself? Did you have any stumbling blocks getting here? Uh, of course, the big the biggest stumbling block, me. <laughs> You know, sometimes I think we need to get out of our own way. I find it really fascinating that uh, a lot of trained practitioners are so great at what they do but aren't good at selling and, and promoting themselves and saying, hey, look at me, look how wonderful I am. And I'm the same. It's like I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like it was uncomfortable. Yeah, put me in front of a room of say 100 people and say teach this subject I'd be right let's go do you know what I mean so it was really interesting so I was like okay so where do I fit in this world mm-hmm. and I didn't want to just sell oils you don't want to just do massage I did there was so I had to kind of figure out what I didn't want to do to figure out what I wanted to do and because, as you know, essential oils can be used in such different ways in so many different therapies and, you know, they complement so many other modalities, it's kind of like, well, where do I fit in right. all of this stuff? Where do I fit? And that took a while. Fortuitously, you know, I stumbled across this writing thing and, and social media thing and I'm like, why, why don't people do this? Obviously some were doing it and they're doing it great, but so many locals, I'm like, why aren't they doing that? They're, they're so wonderful. How do, how do people know about these people? Because I always come from, again, this is my, one of my foibles, is I'm like, I'm usually the last to know these things. So if, I'm not, if I know these people, I'm the last person to know about them. But Nobody else is hearing about them. That's what I used to think anyway. So then, yeah, I had to just kind of like go, okay, this is where my space is. I can help other practitioners and be a voice of authority, for want of a better word, and help them sell their message more clearly and more effectively. I love it because, like I said, you're the first person I've spoken with who has this type of uh, business happening for themselves. All the other aromatherapists were just doing aromatherapy, but you're you're in a support role, and I love that. Because when, once I started to look, I've done a lot of work on myself over the years, and the last couple of years, it's like I worked out that I am always the support person. I've always been the cheerleader of other people, and I kind of like, oh, is that nature or nurture? And I could argue for both, but I'm always get drawn back into that supporting other people, helping them to shine. And once I realized that and embraced it, it's like awesome. I mean, because the reason we go into aromatherapy is to help people. Most most of us think that that means the end user or the client, but my client is other practitioners. So, yeah, it was just a different focus. When you do finally realize like what your niche is and you embrace that niche, it's like things start to flow. Things, yeah. yeah. And we're but we're told that at least in my experience, 
well, that's not, that niche is probably not good enough and you need to think bigger or you need to think differently. Or I've even told myself, well, that can't be it. That can't be who I serve, right? That can't be it. Um, But when I sat down and really started looking at it, it was like, no, that's really who I serve. And then things started flowing. Up until then, there was a big, huge block, a huge brick wall in front of my face that I could not get past. Oh, absolutely. And when I would sit in business courses and they say, oh, you have to know your niche. And that drove me nuts. I'm like, why can't my niche be a generalist? And I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, just focusing on, say, hormones or just focusing on stress or which is what a lot of people do. And that's fabulous. But I didn't want to do that. Again, I knew what I didn't want to do. Right. Right. Um, And I'm like, well, why can't I be a generalist? And they're like, but you've got a niche. And I'm like, but can my niche be a generalist? And nobody could answer that one. So I still feel like I'm being a generalist because I get to talk about all the different topics within aromatherapy, but my niche is how I serve it up. And once I realized that, I'm like, yes, I get it. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, you know, I was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to do what I want. I don't want that. I don't want that. But when I finally really sat down and looked at it and just, just kind of with a broad brush said, who is it that I'm actually serving? It's my niche. <laughs> so I was like, oh, now that I really truly understand it and I've embraced it, now we're rolling. Now we're rolling. This is good. But it's just for marketing. It's just marketing. That's why you have to have that niche narrowed down for marketing. It's just a word. It just, I don't know what it was about that word that, you know, you got to know your niche. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. I want to just be general. You're not alone. That's all I'm saying, Natalie. You are not alone. So many of way. <laughs> okay. So fun thing. What are your top three favorite essential oils? Oh, just for you. What's your favorite? Well, number one has to be sweet orange. Yes, it's not as versatile as other oils, but when you smell it, you you just can't not smile. It just brings a smile to your face. It's kind of like just a reminder of happiness and joy and simplicity and fun. And with the way the world's been over the last 18 months, we've forgotten how to have fun. So you know, sweet orange it was always one I come back to just to remember to smile when I when I open up a bottle of sweet orange I always see the mist coming off of the orange when you when you break into it for that very first peel back and this the essential oils are just bursting into the air but it makes you smile yeah doesn't it yeah, yeah. It does. so that, that's sort of why I love sweet orange probably next it's so hard because it's going to change each week let's be honest (laughs) probably fragonia beautiful beautiful australian oil so you know got to support the australian oils you know it's really good for some respiratory support and things like that but the emotional um change that i've seen with people just by one sniff of that oil it just seems to cut through the stories you know, we've all got stories that we tell ourselves about whatever it is. Fragonia cuts through the stories and breaks through those layers that we tell ourselves. Um, so it really gets to you on that emotional level, that that heart level, 
and can really make some amazing change. And, you know, from a chemistry point of view, you look at it and the chemistry is quite balanced. It's just a fascinating oil. And probably Rose Osho. There's just something about it that just that just brings you back to that heart space and just kind of <sighs> the reminder of self-love, the reminder of love for others, the reminder to keep coming back to yourself. What's the saying? You can't love anybody else before you love yourself. Rose kind of, to me, serves as that reminder you know, it's easy to give love out, but this is a reminder to go within. I think Rose does that very, very well. Yeah, and it ties back to your introduction to essential oils. Yeah. But, you know, ask me tomorrow, I'll probably tell you a different oil that I love. Sure, sure. <laughs> I totally get that. So what's got you excited right now? And it doesn't even have to be aromatherapy related. Like what's going on in your life right now that's just really lighting you up? You know what? To be honest, my life is pretty boring (laughs) and that's a good thing. At the moment, it's just getting two teenage boys through high school. I've just celebrated, for want of a better word, (laughs) celebrated being with my partner for 20 years. We've been married for 17 years. Wow. But, yeah, just 20 years since we met and the last couple of months because you know I'm in Australia we're lucky that we can go out and things like concerts are back live music yeah that lights me up live music nice there's some I think it's kind of like same feeling that I get when I smell essential oils with live music it's you can feel it. it you know when you're and it's really loud, but you can feel it against your chest. So it's not just you hearing it, you feel it. Essential oils are the same. You're not just smelling it, you can you feel it. So I think that's why I love, 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 love live music. Um, as I said, we've been to six concerts this year already. <laughs> I found some other concert to go to. You know, And it's good for the economy, you know, helping live industry because they were so decimated last year so it's like anything to do to support um the live music industry or live theater go what are you the gonna ballet. see oh you're gonna go to the ballet what are you gonna see One lake. oh that's gonna be amazing i used to do ballet when i was a young kid like yeah i was like two exams away from being a teacher I did it for a number of years. So, yeah, this is kind of like that reminder back to childhood and just. Oh, I love that for you. I'm so excited. And tell me, what's your favorite kind of music since you love live music so much? What's your favorite music? I am a pop music type girl. I love my Australian music. So in excess, away up the top. Remember how I said about my bucket list? Yes. That I wanted to meet my favorite band? Yes. I did that here. I met them. There was a competition on Facebook and a couple of friends and I entered and we won and I got to meet the band. It was like for five seconds, but I can still say I met them. I've got a photo. Um, So any music from the 80s and 90s, yeah, I haven't grown up. That's just the music. Is there any other music? Um, oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> How can people find you? So your your niche is serving other aromatherapists. Um, or other, any other uh, healthcare practitioner who uses mm-hmm. essential oils. 
Yes. So how could they find you if they wanted to um, talk with you about using your services? You can find me on all the socials um, at Aromatic Insights um, or my website, which is www.aromaticinsights.com. And then we can organize a a Zoom or whatever to, to chat, talk about what it is that you want, all that kind of detail, and we go from there. I'm pretty active on socials. I'm in a lot of the aromatherapy groups on Facebook, big and small. I might necessarily be talking a lot, but I'm observing a lot. So I know what's happening or what the hot topics might be. Right. You've got your finger on the pulse. Try to, yeah, but quietly, just, you know, again, just, you know, being support in the background, doing my thing, just watching what's happening. And if a particular topic arises and it meets your needs as a practitioner, then I can say, look, you know, this is what's happening within the industry. Do we want to address this topic? If You know how your phone tells you how long, how many hours you've been on? Hmm. Yeah, I'm never going to share that. <laughs> 24 hours in a day? Yeah, 23 hours. No, it's not that bad. But, you know, it feels like that. <laughs> it, would be different. it would be different if it was just, you know, random scrolling, random whatever, but it's for your business. It's for what you do. So You know, some of it, yeah, I'm sure some of it. <laughs> We all have to have that. We all have to have that ability to just shut out the world for a few minutes. And most of us turn on Facebook or Instagram to do that now. Yeah, I turn on Netflix or whatever. So yes, or Hallmark. (laughs) Yes, you're telling my bad secrets that I love Hallmark movies. You know what? I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with loving Hallmark movies. I really don't. And like everybody. Everybody finally realized that Hallmark had something happening. Hallmark had a had a formula, and now they're all mirroring it. Netflix has their Hallmark style. Amazon has their Hallmark style. So, absolutely, and it's the same. Like I can I can relate what I do to the formula. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm writing an article, you know, you've got your meet cute, like how you start. Then you've got the, the story. Then you've got a um, conflict of some kind. Conflict. Then you've got the resolution and then the happily ever after. You know, that's that's how you write a blog as well, yeah. really. Yeah. You know, what's what's the conflict? And it's usually, you know, one of the big dramas that are happening. Whatever it is, you know, you can, yeah. I'm using that as my excuse and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I think it's a lovely excuse and I don't even think you should call it an excuse. It's your it's your research and you're sticking to it. It's my guilt, not so guilty pleasure because I ain't feeling guilty about watching them at all. There you go. Do you have anything, um, any final words you'd like to leave the listeners with? Anything that's just encouraged you or inspired you or something that you would like to leave them? I would say keep learning. There is so much to learn about this industry. You know, people think, oh, I've done my diploma of aromatherapy or I've, you know, studied for two weeks, four weeks, two years, ten years, whatever it is, there is always, always something new to learn. Keep learning. Keep learning from different people. Each teacher brings a different slant on things and I think I used this um, analogy once before many years ago it's kind of like a kaleidoscope remember those kaleidoscopes as kids and 
we'd look through and each little turn changes the the picture that you see mm-hmm. it's the same with different teachers and and different books about aromatherapy they're just going to give you a slightly different view and it's only going to enrich not only you as a practitioner or a lover of essential oils but the outcomes for your clients and ultimately that's what we're trying to do is give the best to our clients so the more we learn the better we can serve them absolutely i love it thank you so much natalie thank you for having me it was lovely to chat with you melissa yeah i appreciate you i appreciate everything that you're doing and i can't wait to come and visit you as soon as australia lets us in yeah that's not gonna happen for a while apparently dang but, it, dang you it. Know, the wineries <laughs> will still be there <laughs> excellent very good and the wombats and the kangaroos Hey friend, I am so honored that you choose to listen to each episode and that you share aromatic chat with your friends and family. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and be sure to check out the show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. Each of my guests shares their favorite essential oil and I want you to know where you can purchase those essential oils if you're interested in trying them out. So I have a free gift for you. It's my essential guide to diffusion. Just visit the link in the show notes and I'll get it right out to you. If you enjoy aromatic chat, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast. You can find me, your life coach and registered aromatherapist on the web at lemonbalmcoaching.com. I will see you next time with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics.